Okay, let's do this one last time, yeah? For real this time. This is it. My name is Miles Morales. I was bitten by a radioactive spider, and for like two days, I've been the one and only Spider-Man. I think you know the rest. What do you get when you combine six spiders, an octopus, a scorpion, and Tony Soprano? You get a fight scene. Welcome to Fight Scene. I am Jay Busby. I'm Logan Busby. You are here for the world's toughest movie podcast. Today, Logan, we're talking about one of your favorites. That would be Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's a great movie. It came out 2018. 2018. 2018. Okay. It came out 2018. It was um, however many Spider-Man movies we had in that decade. There was, you know, so many. It's like the third iteration. But this time, it's not Peter Parker in the mantle. It's Miles Morales. He's the main one. But he's not the only Spider-Man we see because we also get two different Peter Parkers, one of which who dies. Uh, Spoiler, dude. Jesus. It's like within the first 20 minutes of the movie, man. <laughs> uh, Gwen Stacy, Penny Parker, Peter Parker, and then Peter Parker, but from the uh, 1920s. Yes. So you've got a whole array of different Spider-Men, hence the name Into the Spider-Verse, because they're all spider people. But this was a, the, the big thing is, you missed it, the big thing here. It's animated. It's an animated and movie, it's exactly. incredibly animated. It's, I gotta say, one of the biggest glow-up comebacks, because it's from Sony Pictures Animation, who before this did the much maligned The Emoji Movie. So it's like they really hit rock bottom and then went right to the peak of the mountain. With you are literally one. the only person on earth who would care about that, but good for you. All right, came out in 2018, as you said. It made $375 million. Now we'll do our usual box office challenge. There were seven Spider-Man movies, seven Spider-Men, if you will. What position, box office-wise, did this one rank out of all seven? I know this one because, unfortunately, animated movies don't tend to do as well as live action. It's number seven, sadly. That's right. DFL, right there. But number one, what was number one? Um, number one, I would say... Far From Home. Yes, that's correct. Cool. Spider-Man Far From Home, the first Marvel. Got that Marvel. MCU uh, money, baby. That's right. Number two, you will never get number one. Well, you would eventually get number two. Number Guess two? what it is? I'm going to say Spider-Man 3. That's right. Let's yes, go. yes, with, with Venom and Sandman and all that. And the, the emo Spider-Man dancing that, you know, just, just a blessing to cinema. Right. Number three was uh, Homecoming. Right after it came after, it's kind of a sequel to Avengers Endgame. Uh, then no, Homecoming was the first one. Far From Home was the sequel to Endgame. Oh my God, the, I completely the, screwed the log. I screwed that up, didn't I? Well, too much home stuff there. Anyway. <laughs> well, apparently, they're going to continue with the last one as well. So. Yeah, exactly. All right, I screwed that up. Homecoming. There you go. Uh, number one, number two, amazing, and amazing two. And then, <laughs> sorry, Spider-Man <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse. It's down around number 330-something. Right between, can you guess? Uh, I'm going to say, throwing it out there, I've got no freaking clue. What are two movies I've watched? I'm going to say um, Jaws and... Predator. The, oh, sorry, the Predator. so close. No, G.I. Joe Retaliation and Mad Max Fury Road. I feel like The Predator is not that far off from G.I. Joe. Close enough. All right, so this came out uh, in 2018, but it was announced as a result of back in 2014, a story that you probably missed because you were, what, something like... 10 or 11 at the time, uh, Sony Pictures got hacked. And oh, no, I, I, I've heard about this in retrospect. Yes, they, they got <laughs> hacked they, because apparently some people were upset with this Seth Rogen, James Franco movie called The Interview about North oh, Korea. Yeah. <laughs> 
didn't not know, at all controversial. Well, yeah, know. didn't know how we would lead that all the way to Spider Verse. But <laughs> in the midst of all of these these revelations, emails about uh, various actresses who were untalented and various incredibly racist things said about the president in the course of emails among executives, it comes out that there's going to be a Spider Man animated movie. So at least there was something wait, was this came out of that. the hack or was this a was there a different hack that revealed a whole bunch of spider projects? Yeah, that was it. It like was the, all part of it. There this. was like the Madam Web movie and yeah. like Silver and Black and right. the Aunt May movie, none of which have come to fruition. I'd watch an Aunt May movie. Except for Venom. Um, and we all know how great that one was. That's right. I didn't even include that on our spider movies. Uh, this was the second film that was ever won an Academy Award based on a Marvel comic. Can you guess the first? Um... Was it Logan? No. No, because it didn't get Best Adapted Screenplay. I'm sorry, I didn't say the full thing. It's the second to win an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. Oh, from Marvel? From Marvel. From What other Marvel animated movies are there? Oh, I stumped you. Or am I just blanking? You are just blanking. Okay. I'm going to feel embarrassed. I don't know why, but I want to say something X-Men, but I can't think of any... I can think of X-Men shows, but not movies. Incorrect. Big Hero 6. Oh, I forgot that was Marvel. Yes, there's a whole lot of stuff, like legal stuff, on why there's no new Big Hero Six mainline series. And this is the uh, the first movie that wasn't a Disney or a Pixar movie to win uh, Academy Award for an animated feature. Funny thing about that, since oh, so it was like two decades or a decade or something. Yeah, something like that. 2011 Rango. The f- the funny thing about that is Disney was so sure of themselves they put. Um, Academy Award winner Wreck It Ralph two. They sent out public or like promotion things to um to like Target and stuff, and it was that is not the case. And so there was a bunch of those that you could have gotten like the night of because like yeah you know it won the award because they were just banking on it. Yeah, well as we've seen as recently as last week with uh, dinosaurs, don't plan on winning an Academy <laughs> Award before it shows up there. So let's get to this movie here. You mentioned Miles Morales. He's not Peter Parker. Peter Parker dies in the first few minutes of this movie, which had to be a bit of a shock to people who were not uh, expecting it. Yeah, who were not comics nerds like us, right. who knew about the Ultimate Universe and all that stuff. So tell tell the folks about Miles Morales. What's his deal? What's his story? What makes him worthy of being a spider dude? So Miles Morales sets himself apart. He has parents, both of which are alive, and both of which care for him very greatly. Wow, that's, that's like a rarity in the comic book universe. <laughs> dude, if you got like two parents that are living, like you're you've won. You've won comics as a superhero. I'm trying to think. Is there anybody else that's got like two, like a normal stable home? Um, normal stable home. Well, uh, uh, Franklin and Val Richards, but their parents are you know. Yeah, their parents are two are of the Fantastic Four members. So, but of just regular, I I can't think of any. So yes, he starts off. Can't by think being, of any off the top of my head. He starts off by being relatable, but go from there. So his whole thing is he's kind of. You know, Peter Parker, he's great, but his whole relatability is kind of stuck in his creation in the 60s. He's got the, with the sweater vest and the tight haircut and the rounded (laughs) glasses. Miles is like, you know, Miles isn't up to date. He's going to school in New York City in the midst of the city, and it's not somehow like an Archie level school like Spider-Man, like Peter Parker went to. And so Miles, you know, he listens to like really good music. (laughs) Um, Like Post Malone. Well, there's, they made a whole soundtrack for this movie and it's killer. So... (laughs) Uh, but yeah, he's he's great. And his whole thing is, in this movie at least, he doesn't want to be Spider-Man. He gets bit by the spider uh, after hanging out with his Uncle Aaron, who's kind of, he's more on him later, but, well, actually, just now. He's the Prowler. He's oh! <laughs> the supervillain. Again, spoiler. <laughs> he's the supervillain, the Prowler, uh, but Miles doesn't know this, and he's just the cool uncle to Miles, and his dad and his mom are, you know, 
they're very nice, but they're kind of doting parents a little bit. And Uncle Aaron is the one where Miles can, you know, can kind of be free, can kind of express himself and just hang out more. And so Miles is really good at graffiti and spray paint and just is artistic in general in this movie. And so he gets bit by the spider while while spraying painting a wall underneath the underneath New York City, like somewhere near a sewer, uh, also near a, a laboratory. So mm, hence where the spider comes mysterious from. Mysterious laboratories that always seems to blow <laughs> that up. They, and that always happen. Generate superpowered people. So yeah, he gets bit by the spider, and then immediately, basically after, he gets his powers and starts freaking out. Doesn't know what to do, and it's it's kind of a mess. And then he goes back to where he was bit, and then he sees who else but Spider-Man fighting Green Goblin, specifically the Ultimate Green Goblin, who's just like a giant monster dragon thing. And in the midst of this fight, you know, it's brutal. They go and fight into a thing called a Super Collider, which is at the underground laboratory. Uh, but Spider-Man's da- badly damaged when the collider activates and explodes. And by the end, Kingpin finds him on the ground and he kills Spider-Man. And that's very early into the movie. It kind of sets the stakes. And just before this, Spider-Man and uh, Miles had interacted. And Spider-Man was saying, you know, I'll teach you. It was tough for me, but I'm here for you. And then instantly Miles sees his mentor get killed. So not a great start. Yes, straight in a time-honored fashion of watching your mentor die like uh, <laughs> Luke Skywalker and so many others. Uh, so yeah, we get the situation here where we've got a, a brand new hero in a familiar name. The cool thing about Miles, he's got Air Jordans. He's got black he and red Miles Air Jordans. Miles has the best style of any of the Spider-Men as well. Like it's he's, a low bar to clear. <laughs> that's true. But like he wears like jackets and jeans and like his Air Jordans and like he just looks so much cooler than the rest of them. Yes. So. So anyway, real briefly, let's take let's 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 take it uh, forward here. Where do all these other spider people come from? So they come from alternate universes, from the multiverse, and uh, it's a result of the super collider exploding. And so from there, that's when we get all the different spider men. Spiders man, maybe is the plural. Uh, but what happens there is everybody shows up, and he meets them all at different times. Spider Gwen, Gwen Stacy, he met her first actually. She got sent through the in time as well a little bit a little bit of plot convenience there but he meets her uh peter b parker who is uh basically hobo spider-man he's really he's just kind of he's kind of schlubby he's he's overweight uh <laughs> he's things have been going well for him he lost all his money on i think it was um tgi spideys was what it was called <laughs> a spider themed restaurant look i want to defend old peter Parker, peter b parker oh i love him but <laughs> he's he's got a little bit of a belly you know that happens when you get a little bit older and when you have a little too much pizza and <laughs> let's be honest those suits are pretty unflattering to oh, just about anybody of course <laughs> but it's just he's such a good dynamic because there's you know there's always like the old superheroes in media where it's like you know old man logan you know he's you know very angry that's what you see in the movie logan you see a lot of that and you know the Zack Snyder uh, movies, Batman is kind of more grizzled and he's a lot more angry and he's killing people. But in this, Spider-Man, he's just kind of like a little bit of a depressed, like, you know, tired, more tired version of his original self. His main character is still there. And so we get this cool dynamic of him teaching Miles how to be, you know, Spider-Man, and then also Miles teaching him how to be Spider-Man again and be a better character. So you get an intertwining character arc there. Wow. That's almost like they planned it that way. Exactly. So the scene that we're going to discuss here for fight scene takes place at Aunt May's house. Now, Aunt May, one of the more essential characters in the Spider-Man mythos. Uh, but tell me about uh, tell me what you know. What did you when you first saw Aunt May? What were your thoughts of her in the comics? In the comics, the earliest ones. Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to think. So with her, uh, the earliest Aunt May's, I was just kind of like. Yeah, I guess this is happening. I don't know. It wasn't a big effect on me because my first start reading like Spider-Man comics, 
it was all, you know, just like, oh, the action, you know, even then. I've, I've always been more of an X-Men guy, so that was kind of my angle. So with Aunt May, she never appeared too much since I wasn't reading, you know, every issue all the time. Well, she was old. She was like yeah. old, old, old. She had her hair back in her bun. She was all, always making Peter Parker wheat cakes and things <laughs> like that. So, yes, uh, and, and that was the initial portrayal of her was just this old, doddering woman. Always on the edge of death for Always 60 on the edge of years. Death. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and then one time she, then... she was shot, and then Spider-Man and Mary Jane, who were married, sold their marriage to the devil. <laughs> I don't even remember that one. It was, yeah, so it was in the comics. It she, was one of the worst stories. She was about to die. She's always about to die. She's always getting kidnapped by one villain or other, maybe falling in love with one villain Dr. or Dr. Octopus. Hmm. Right. So, but... Here we have an Aunt May. Now, in in the the Marvel Spider Man, <laughs> in the live Aunt action, May who's, who's Marissa Tomei. It's like in a, the live action, like a movies, hot Aunt May. Well, you think about it. It's in the original one. She was she was really old, and then in the Amazing ones, she wasn't as old. And then now it's Marissa Tomei who's like she was really Santa not old Field, at all. Man. She was the bride from Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> exactly. So it's like they just keep progressively getting younger. Right. Right. So yeah. So now Aunt May is young and hot, which is. <laughs> Really disorienting for us old school comic fans. But then in this one here, she's back to being old again. But what's different about her? Well, she's not like crotchety old woman like that. She's, you know, much more spunky. She's not, you know, in the original. Did you actually use the word spunky? Shut up, man. I'm using using the vernacular of her time. <laughs> That's true. But she's she actually participates in this fight. She beats up Tombstone with a baseball bat. And yes. It's, it's great. Yes, she is played by Lily Tomlin in this movie, and I will give you a dollar if you know who Lily Tomlin is. Uh, an actress. There you go. Yeah, Lily Tomlin. <laughs> Lily Tomlin's been at it so long that she was even before my time. She was a <laughs> comedic actress, and and but it's, it's been around forever. She's a legend. She's outstanding, and so it's great. She provides a whole new layer to Aunt May here, and it's it's her house where all of these characters all come together, and they've got a USB drive that I, I forget that part. What's what what it starts to, the fight here? It's um so it's the USB drive. Because uh, Miles broke it when he was trying to be Spider-Man the first time and he fell off a building. And then, so, this is the USB drive, the doohickey, the gizmo, the goober, uh, it goes by many names, right. uh, that is going to be able to have them stop the super collider, because uh, Kingpin's trying to use it again to get his family back. By the way, Kingpin's wife and kid are dead, direct result of his actions, but as a villain does, he disassociates it from him, blames it on Spider-Man. There's a lot to cover in this movie, It's It's it? a movie, I gotta say, it does a killer job. There's like seven or eight different, or more than that, probably like close to ten different origin stories that all delivers well and makes sense. But yeah, so the Goober, they're trying to get it back. Uh, this is one that they made with info they stole from the research place. Forget the name of it right now. Uh, it was in the snow. That's where, you know, don't need to dwell on that. But then, so they made it and they're going to put it back in. It'll stop the collider and it'll send everybody back to their correct homes because also all the alternate Spider-Men are, uh, are dying because they're not in their correct universe and their atoms aren't stabilized. Uh, of course, as, as one does. Uh, so they they have this little doohickey thing, and then all of a sudden, who shows up but Doc Ock, Tombstone, Scorpion, and the Prowler. Yeah, it's it's a great entrance because this is right after Miles finds out the Prowler is his uncle. So there's a, a chase scene right before it. We end up here, he's panting. Uh, and just before that, we just get some nice little banter of the spider people all just hanging out. Penny Parker, um, she like... Uh, what are they called? Uh, the the wheels and the shoes. I'm blanking. What rollerblades? No, no wheel like the Riley had wheelies. Yeah, she wheelies in from the kitchen where she was working on the thing. Uh, Spider Man Noir is or heelies, not wheelies. Or, yeah, heelies. She heelies in from the kitchen where she was making the the goober, and then Spider Man Noir is hanging out on the couch trying to solve a Rubik's cube, but he can only see in black and white. He's so colorblind. He That's just great. can't figure it out, and yes. so 
it, we just have a nice little thing of them all hanging out. Then Miles rushes in, he's all stressed out, and the scene starts with a, a ding-dong at the doorbell, and then the door becoming smashed in by Doc Ock. Yeah, there's a great device in comics called the splash page, and if you're not familiar with comics, that's when they devote an entire page, or in some cases a double-page spread. The best. Where it's all one image, and generally, it's in the if it's a, if it's a fight, it's one of these ones that's absolute chaos. Every corner of the frame is filled and this is maybe the best splash page comic book fight I've ever seen because it's absolute madness start to finish beginning to end you've got 10 people in here involved in this and every single one of them gets a good shot gets in a good moment yeah every single which way there's a new villain or there's a new spider person there's people fighting everywhere and you get a great dichotomy of how just how these different characters act and behave. You've got Spider-Ham being ridiculous, pulling out, you know, pulling out cartoon stuff. You've got uh, Spider-Man Noir just being a brawler. You have uh, Penny Parker going inside the, the spider robot. Uh, you have, you know, Gwen Stacy. She's doing more acrobatic and ballet flips. You've got Peter Parker just kind of doing the regular Spider-Man thing, the baseline. Then you have Miles Morales kind of caught up in the thick of it. He's trying to help, but he's not experienced enough yet. He still doesn't have full control of his powers. And then with the villains, they each have their own different unique fighting styles. Tombstone is basically just a stronger mobster. Uh, Doc Ock, she's got multiple different tentacles and is able to swing around the room and just kind of hit everybody at any angle. uh, The Scorpion, he's got a giant metallic like tail and lower section, so he's swinging that around. And then Aunt May is there uh, beating people up with a baseball bat as well as the Prowler coming in, and he's not as much attacking as he's just trying to get to the goober and just pick it up, and yeah, he kind of dashes around the room and is a lot more agile. The Prowler's a badass because he's got this this sound. This musical cue. Yeah, I mean, just... It's this creepy. It's like kind a foghorn type fog thing. Foghorn, elephant, siren. It's very similar thing. to like the Annihilation, like strange noises in that movie it's awesome yeah it's it's disturbing as hell and so as the fight goes on everybody gets in some good licks everybody gets some good fights uh gets some good punches here and there uh i was reading a little bit of background here and john mulaney who plays spider spider ham not spider-man plays spider ham a pig put put some put some respect on peter porker's name (laughs) peter porker i love that that actually survived into the 21st century incredible anyway they basically let him riff whatever he wanted, and he was going on and on and just making the most foul, horrendous <laughs> jokes. And he finally said, what rating is this movie? And they said, PG. And they said, oh, okay, I've got to dial it we back. Need, I really want someone to, to release those from inside the studio, because there have been people yeah, who Yeah, that's like, what we need, another Sony leak. <laughs> there, there have been people who have like animated like some of John Mulaney's stand-up bits to look like it's Spider-Ham you know, saying them to other characters, and it's freaking hilarious. So just imagine like all that content directly made for the movie. The horse in the hospital, yes. Oh, that, God, that would, so good. That would kill it. <laughs> also, apparently, there was a joke that Spider-Ham made about eating one of his uncles uh, <laughs> who had been made into a hot dog, which which was later cut because it was determined to be too cannibalistic. Shocking. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, technically, Spider-Ham is not a pig bitten by a radioactive spider. It was a spider bitten by a radioactive pig. So, that, of course. that's his actual... So, technically, it's not cannibalism. <laughs> As one does. Again. So... What we have next here, the, it gets to the point where Miles gets out, gets up on the roof. This this is in Queens. It's it's taking place all over these little yeah, and, houses and these in suburban Queens. houses. It's if you've ever been inside, like you know, a small suburban house, you know exactly what this place is. And it's even the attention to detail is incredible. It's even you know, like at your grandma's, how she's got all the cushions 
wrapped in that uh, in that plastic wrap to keep them all safe. The couches are even layered in that. Like they went so far with the detail here. You've been in this house before in some form. Or it was another. brilliant, and apparently it t- it generally takes uh, uh, about it takes a long time, but uh, like a week to make four seconds of animation. In this case, it took a month to make four seconds of animation. Yeah, this movie is insane, and hence why uh, how in Spider Verse Two is going to be releasing in. 2022 yes four years after the original and you know it sucks that you have to wait that long but also it it's gonna look so fantastic like this entire movie did (laughs) so we get to the climactic moment of this fight which is up on top of the roof where the prowler is about to kill the young spider-man and he realizes who it is yeah because miles takes off his mask and he's like uncle aaron you know don't kill me and then I, Uncle Aaron, uh, he, you know, probably looks at him and he puts his mask back on and I thought he was going to put it on and then try to kill him again to try to, you know, like dehumanize him from being Miles. Yes. Uh, but then he lets go and he puts his hand up and then Kingpin shoots him in the back right there, kills Uncle Aaron. Kingpin played by Leif Schreiber. What character did Leif Schreiber play in the Marvel Universe prior to this? Oh God. He was, um, in the MCU? No. Oh. Five. Wait, Four, wait, three, <laughs> no, no, no. Two, Don't give. He was in. One. Wait, was he the thing? He was Sabretooth. Oh, he was Sabretooth. Anyway, he's got one of the also, great voices of all time. Also, uh, Mahershala Ali, Prowler. He's going to be the new Blade. That's true. That is true. And he was, he was also what's his name from the Luke Cage show? Yeah, what was it? Diamondback. Was it Diamondback or Cottonmouth? Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was much better than Iron Fist. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yes, Leif Schreiber doing basically. An evil Tony Soprano. <laughs> I mean, you haven't seen that. Not that Tony Soprano isn't already evil, but he's yeah, even a worse. more evil. Tony yeah, he's Soprano. like he's like Tony Soprano. Only rose to a certain level within the uh, the Jersey New York mob. Mm-hmm. Kingpin's up at the top. He is the kingpin. Also, someone did a, a height and size uh, breakdown of him. If, if he were a normal <laughs> okay. human being, he would be eight feet tall and seven feet wide. <laughs> I love because they pulled the the design straight from the the Bill Sienkiewicz art on one of the Daredevil stories. And Sienkiewicz, for those of you who aren't comic nerds, he's got a very stylistic approach to, to art and drawing. And so obviously, you know, with Kingpin, he makes him this big, you know, blocky dude, hulking man. And then with this, they're like, yeah, it's adapted one-to-one. And I think it's so much better than if he were just like, you know, Vincent D'Onfrio. Like, that was great in the Netflix show because it was, you know, a realistic show. But with this, with how stylized everything else is, it works out perfectly. So yes, Kingpin kills a prowler right there. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man goes, tries to save the Prowler because it's his uncle. And then, of course, Spider-Man's father sees him, mistaken identity, as you always have in these sorts of things. Yeah, and we get Uncle Aaron giving Miles his, you know, a inspirational speech about how Miles is the best of them all. And in the background, you can faintly hear the theme that's going to start playing and lead into What's Up Danger, uh, which is Miles' leap of faith towards the end of the movie right before the final climactic scene. And so you can see these seeds of, you know, heroism and just, this major resolve being placed into Miles, and he's starting to truly become Spider-Man that way. Yeah, if you haven't seen this movie, actually, I'm, I'm honestly not sure why you'd be listening to this podcast, but if you haven't <laughs> seen this movie... It's incredible. Enjoy the scene where he leaps off the building. It's just one of the most transcendent scenes and in cinematic all of superhero... Well, I don't know. I'm not going to go cinematic, but... I would say... You can. <laughs> but in all of superhero movies, it's just outstanding showing... How, how free it is, how how glorious it would be to have these kinds of superpowers. And just mixing the soundtrack with every, you know, the soundtrack and the visuals and, you know, what's happened before. It's just, ah, uh, it's incredible. Yeah, it's, a, it's an outstanding movie and it's an outstanding little fight here. Short, uh, when we actually went back and watched it, I was surprised it was only three minutes long. But but that shows how much action they can pack in just a punch, sun- as they say. Yeah, in such a short amount of time. It's boom, hit you with everything. You didn't boo me on that one. That's good. Eh, whatever. <laughs> 
let some of them slide. Get to our categories here. Logan's rant. I know you love this movie. Do you have anything to rant about? So the only rant I have, and it's such a niche rant that like, if this were a review of the movie, it would be only uh, categorized as a nitpick. It's just that with um with Penny Parker, she's the only one of the Spider People not like directly taken from the the comics because both Noir and Spider Ham show such like love for their original you know place like Spider Man Noir. He's got the he's got the black and white dots of like old pulp comics, and then Spider Ham is just such an incredible version of you know the Looney Tune style cartoons, and then with Penny Parker. Her originally, she was very much based off of like, get ready for some extreme nerddom here. Boy, this is yeah. <laughs> now Gerard Way, who is My Chemical Romance, uh, created her, and she was based off the characters from Evangelion, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. And in this one, she's not as much specific to that origin, and so her mech is just kind of like a stereotypical mech, and her design is just kind of like stereotypical, like you know, seventies and eighties anime, as opposed to like how how detailed and direct the other two were. So I kind of wish she was more Evangelion. Also a little bit of a bias because that's one of my favorite shows. So that's only a nitpick though. Everything It's still great. My God, I'm going to need breadcrumbs to find my way out of that <laughs> that divergence there. Anyway, you will be uh, sad to know that apparently one of the abandoned plot lines had Penny and the robot getting killed, but they decided, you know what? That's probably a little dark for a children's movie. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, what, that's like, taken the darkness of the original Evangelion show. She's so. like, what, 12 years old, nine years old, something like that? I don't know if she, I mean, my guess would be like 14 because that's, what those kids always are in those types of shows, giant robot shows. So yeah, they kept the robot getting destroyed though. Exactly. But killing the girl that, that was wisely. They decided that yeah. was not the way they wanted I mean, to then, it. Hey, it would have brought it to R possibly or PG 13 at least. <laughs> and then we could have gotten some of the John Mulaney takes. So, you know, exactly. that's the alternate universe version. That's right. Lost a little, gained a little, uh, <laughs> categories here. Oh, come on. Our, our category where we point at something and say, that's ridiculous. I have one. Do you have one? Um, Hit me with yours first. Mine was Miles' extra powers. He can also, in addition to all of his spider powers, where he can he has strength and he can stick to walls and all that stuff, and he's got spider sense, he's apparently now also got these extra powers where he can shoot electricity and he can turn invisible. So that was where I was like, okay, all I'm saying that's is, about enough. That's not on the movie. That's on, you know, original creation of Bendis. So <laughs> doesn't matter. It's, but, it's too much. I think my only oh come on moment, I guess, would be um Tombstone? Because at every he doesn't really do anything in this movie. He's just kind of like there and set judging me like, oh, it's Tombstone. I know that guy from the comics. I know that dude. But like, he's just a complete, you know, he's he's you know he's a body to to fill the count up to add one more villain to the list. There were apparently, if you look around, there are all kinds of cameos in this, and and the the greatest cameo of all, the Stan Lee cameo. I did not get a chance to check this. That one is... But apparently, I mean, he's tear- everywhere. He's, well, but that one is tear-jerking because that was really soon after his death. Right. And right. so, like, him, you know, saying there's always heroes and that kind of... It's like... There's always heroes, ev- true believer. Everyone in the theater, like, it was just that kind of, like, pang of hurt in your heart because he, he had died just, like, a few months before, I think. Yeah, yeah, very recently before. And he apparently is in every single train. If you stop and pause the trains that <laughs> go by, awesome. there are... I haven't, I haven't done this yet. But I've seen a few. I saw one uh, when it was coming out because... Also, the directors are like, yeah, not every Easter egg has been found yet. Like, they've just been saying that. But there's one in that main scene where uh, Peter B. Parker and Miles first meet, where if you stop the train, he's just, like, looking and, like, giving a thumbs up directly to the camera. <laughs> I, if I made one of these movies, I would have every damn scene full of Easter eggs, man. <laughs> I, they probably did. And here's another Easter egg. Better with Batman. What do you think? I think, I mean, yes, but I think... I don't know. It could play because a whole point of this fight is just the chaos. And we kind of see it a little bit from Miles' perspective as being very overwhelmed when everybody else is like, you know, 
it's it's a double splash page. This is what they do. That's you know their bread and butter. So I think with Batman, it would have just thrown an extra you know layer into it. And who knows? Maybe in those you know. It goes by really fast. Maybe Batman actually wasn't it. We just missed it. That's true. That's true. This is going to be the first movie of the... This is our fourth episode. This is one where I'm going to say Batman wouldn't have added anything. Really? I love Batman, but it, he was it, he he would not have done anything that wasn't already covered by somebody else there. It would have been fun to Well, maybe him. he would have been able to get Kingpin because everybody else was matched with someone else. Perhaps so. that's true. Who Perhaps knows? that's true. Uh, casting call. Uh, there's not a whole lot of casting information of casting what-ifs here, but uh, apparently there was one interesting thing that I found. Apparently Tobey Maguire... Was first supposed to the be original Spider Man. Yes, the, the original Spider Man who was supposed to be the older Peter Parker. I don't know whether that means the one that died or the one that uh, Peter B. Parker. Presumably Peter B. Because when it showed it, it was like showing scenes of the Raimi trilogy type thing. But like as much as I you know love those movies, I feel like uh, Jake Johnson did a better job because he was able to bring that more comedic tinge that Tobey Maguire can't really hit as well. And also considered. Our now three-time loser for these roles, John Krasinski. Apparently, oh, no. he has been he was considered for Star Lord. He was considered Ooh. for Jurassic World. For Owen, he yeah he was yes exactly he was probably not considered for Luke Skywalker because he would have been about eight years old. But he was considered <laughs> that would have been Peter. a very different change. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Darth Vader. Darth Vader Darth fighting Vader an eight-year-old. Eight. Well, I mean. You know, go back and watch that episode. That's basically what happened. It was like a dad wrestling his... Well, it was a dad wrestling his kid, but it was like that level Well, of, we've seen know. Darth Vader, you know, against kids, and it doesn't really oh. work out that, very, that well for the kids. Which brings us to our rating. Now, you've had ratings all over the place. You've had high ratings for some of our movies, including uh, Empire Strikes Back. You've had low ratings for other movies, including Jurassic World. What, on a scale of 1 to 10, decimals are okay, do you give the Spider-Verse Aunt May's house fight? I don't know if there's a hot take or not, but I think I might have to give it a 9.5. I 9.5? Well, we have a new for, record. It's for the highest of, of high. And, you know, with this one, there's a few nitpicks like, you know, why didn't Prowler move? You know, couldn't you have expected Kingpin? You know, stuff that's like, it detracts if you really think about it. But for the rest of it, it's just like from an artistic standpoint, fight scenes are already great. But with this, it wasn't just choreography. It was animation. People had to animate all the different frames of this. And there's so much chaos and there's so much to watch on different uh, rewatch is so, you know you can watch a different corner of the screen every time see something new there's also a bunch of stuff that'll fly over your head like uh, when Doc Ock enters the house uh, Aunt May goes oh it's Liv and earlier in the movie we see uh, Doc Ock say only my friends call me Liv that's kind of a reference to you know probably the the Aunt May marrying Doc Ock scheme that happened in the original comics likely a reference here there's so many small things there's how uh, Miles responds to Scorpion in Spanish and it doesn't have subtitles which is great because you know a, it's part of Miles heritage, and B, it's like, oh, you know, you can go back later and find out what he said. Can't remember what he said. I think he said Maria, and from my very limited knowledge of Spanish, I think that's death. Like, kill. I think he's saying, like, I'm going to kill you or something. Didn't you take three years of Spanish? It was in, It was not. It didn't retain, bro. <laughs> There's nothing up there. I'm guessing you did not get a 9.5 in Spanish. No. Well, actually, I may have gotten a 9.5 out of 100. Out of 100. <laughs> what? What? There we go. All right, so we have a new, a new leader in the clubhouse here for best fight. So that will bring it to a close. Any final words? It's it, it's tough to give an MVP and a, and a least valuable player for this one because everybody goes by so fast. But yeah, do you have one? L, uh, LVP least valuable player Tombstone because he just kind of gets hit by a bat. And Fair he point. He doesn't have to do too much. Most valuable player, I really think you could give it to a lot of people. You could give Uncle Aaron the the moral most valuable player because he doesn't kill his uh. Kid. I thought he was going to kill him. Well, I, I mean everybody did, but that's why he gets the more because he didn't. You could give it to Miles for well, you can. I don't, know. I, I don't see how you could give it to Miles, but you could give it to, you know, any of the spider people for beating people up. So, I don't know, you could go either way with that one. Okay, so we will, no most valuable player, but least valuable player, Tombstone. I can get with that. 
That most valuable just... player was the was the viewer. <laughs> We're all the most valuable player. <laughs> so that brings us to an end of our latest episode of Fight Scene. Join us next week when we watch a movie where. We're going to have a little bit of trouble finding a fight scene in this movie, but I think we're going to be able to do it. A little flick known as John Wick. Yeah, I'm starting to think I'm back. That's actually a pretty good impression. Thank you. For Logan Busby slash John Wick, I am Jay Busby. Thanks for hanging with us. Fight scene, subscribe, review, rate. All that stuff. All the good stuff. Kick us up in the algorithm. You know know what we do. Please. (laughs) Please. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Take care. Fight scene. Woo! Also, Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie. Don't at me.